Hi, this is Bob Sorrentino from Italian Roots and Genealogy, and I'm here today with Giorgia Montella from Here and Their Ancestry Tours in Italy. So welcome, Giorgia. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Hi, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. So it looks like you have a nice sunny day there today in Salerno. It is, it is, absolutely. After many days of rain, we finally have a nice sunny day. Oh, that's good. We, we have rain here today, so. Yeah, nice, nice background. And that's not my backyard, as you probably know. <laughs> well, be so nice. <laughs> so uh, the first thing I want to ask you is a little bit about your background. So you, you live in Salerno now, yes? Yes, I was born in Naples and grew up in Naples, but it's about 20 years that I'm living here Southern Salerno. To be accurate, I live about 50 kilometers southern Salerno in the area called Cilento, one of the so-called unknown places of my region. So that's interesting. I didn't know you from Naples originally. That's where my uh, paternal grandparents are from. Yeah. And um, my grandmother lived on Via Carbonara. And uh, my grandfather lived in uh, Vico Longo, I guess around the back of Carbonara. Yeah, in the center of the city. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, when we went there 25 years ago, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I don't know half of what I know now. Um, but I didn't know that when we were at the train station, that my grandparents lived about a half a mile from the train station, and I had no idea. So I missed the boat on that. <laughs> <laughs> so now, is, now were you, was your family originally from Naples, or did they come from someplace else? No, they are original from Naples. All my relatives are original from Naples, and we always have lived there. Even though now, right now, my sister, uh, you know, spread out through the country because one lives in Sardinia, the island, the other lives in Rome, but we are from Naples. Oh, that's great. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm dying to get back there again and just, you know, roam the town and, and see the places, you know, where where my grandparents lived and grew up and and uh, my um my grandmother's family was originally I, I mean they were in naples because they were nobility and that's what i learned i didn't know that at the beginning that all the nobility they that's where they lived they lived in naples they didn't live where they were from they lived in naples uh and they would go visit the countryside or wherever they had their their farms or tree whatever whatever they made their money from uh you know once or twice a year and that was that was pretty surprising to me and um the other thing that was surprising was that um the nobility didn't pay taxes <laughs> <laughs> i'm not surprised to hear that <laughs> no I, but i you know i i you know growing up in america everybody paid taxes uh you know it didn't it didn't matter um but i I mean, it's it's sad, but they lived off the people, and that's you know. Thankfully, it's much different now, so that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that kind of brings us to what you do, and you do ancestry tours, correct? Yeah, that's correct. 
uh, I've been a third leader for more than 20 years, basically in a region. So it's like these things came to me because it happened that um, some of my clients actually asked me to help them to learn more about their Italian origins. Because before that, I had no idea about this unknown word. For me, it was an unknown word. But when I helped them to find more about their Italian ancestors, I found out that I, I really liked that. I enjoyed that experience to see the emotion on their face, even tears in the moment they could, you know, meet for the first time their relative life in a different cousins or something, and going together to visit the ancient churches and to get birth certificates and even going to visit the graves when we were lucky of their ancestors. And you know what? The the emotion that they brought out from, from deep down uh, for what I saw was the gratitude. Because they were there in these little villages in front of these graves or, or these ancient houses and they because then realized about how much they likely have been thanks to the sacrifice of their ancestors to get a better life in the end. Yeah, and you know that's and that's certainly what we hear from from everybody. And um, I know there were deep emotions, I and mean, even when uh, you know when we went the first time, uh, even though I didn't go to ancestral homes because I didn't know. Uh, actually, I was supposed to go to where my mom comes from in Torito, uh, and I was supposed to meet my cousin there. And there was a plane crash going across the Atlantic, and he chickened out. <laughs> so we never got there. Um, but my um, my uncle didn't leave there uh, until he was uh, in his 30s and had his whole family. When my grandparents came, my, my mom's family, they left my uh, my uncle there at two years old. And his whole family was born there. And the house is still there. They actually owned the house back then. Uh and um, my great-grandfather, uh, I guess he was the town milkman, he owned a cow and would go door to door with the cow and people would get their milk. <laughs> that's, a, that's funny, right? Um, but so, so you must have some very interesting stories about... Uh, what people saw or found. I mean, is there anything that kind of stands out that whether it was, you know, good emotions or something that somebody found out that was just amazing? It's true. It's true. Absolutely. It's true. And that's why I would like to keep helping people to do that just because it's something. And it's something that involves even their own families, like son and grandkids, all together, so it's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, yeah, so I, my wife thinks I'm crazy because I want to go to the to the cemeteries. But what do people, you know, what do they feel when they, what do they relate to you when they go to a cemetery and find a grandfather or great-grandmother or something like that? We start in, in two phases of the trip. Before they come here, 
uh, with our genealogies and with uh, with the help of the village administrations, we search for all the info we can find about the family, getting start to the info that the, our visitors give us. Once we have good info, we look for the grace if our visitors uh, want to do that. Sometimes we are lucky, not every time, but when we are lucky, we can go there and visit the grave. Of course, it depends. Sometimes they are great grandfathers, sometimes they are uh, great parents. It depends on the single situation. Yeah, and yeah. Even the churches, because you know, at ancient times, sometimes birth certificates were kept, were kept in the churches. So we, um, we search for the priest's help for doing that. And they usually are very available to help us. So that's important. Yeah, and you know that's one of the toughest things. You know, when you're when you're here in America and you're trying to do research, we're kind of constrained by what we find on the Antonati, and you know the church records aren't filmed. Uh, and and I know a lot of people uh, they try and make contact with the churches from here, but that's very very difficult. So, you know. For people listening who want to get to churches or want to use your your uh, service, um, how do you go about you know getting into the churches and contacting the priests? I know some of them don't even have phones, right? The the, the, the churches. We go there. We get start because we have you know a kind of collaboration with the administrations. Basically, the difficult that our visitors have. To, to come here and to learn more is that these little villages are not easy to be reached because there are no trains, you know, and besides that, the inhabitants don't speak English. Mostly they don't speak English. So they don't know how to do that. But we are here on the place. So we go there, we talk to the priest, we talk to the measure. So for us, it's easier. Uh, to get all this info. But I understand that for them, overseas, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. That's why when they have relatives on the place, they can do that. But, you know, they overnight in Capri or in Sorrento or in Yamaha, and they spend one day, if they're lucky, in these little villages. With that, they have the possibility of spending more time directly on the village of their origin, because we plan all the tourist activities, we plan the visit to the churches or to the graves, whatever they want, so they really can live fully the experience of their ancestors' village. Yeah, and that's that's great. So what advice would you have for people who are, you know, thinking about making a trip to Italy, you know, back 50, 60 years ago, People went to Rome and they went to Florence and they and they went to Milan and they went to places like that, um, which is great and you see amazing things there, um, but you don't make that connection. So, what would you tell people the differences between doing a tourist trip and actually connecting back? We'll be right back. Italian Roots and Genealogy is proudly sponsored by Your Dolce Vita and Dawn Matera, connecting people to their purpose in life and continuing their legacy. For more information, contact Dawn at www.yourdolcevita.com. 
There are probably two Italys, <laughs> like I say, Italy. the so-called triangle, which is Rome, Florence, and Venice, the so-called tourist places. But the real authentic Italy is very different. If you want to know the real Italy, you necessarily have to visit these places. So my tip for for them is yes, of course, visit Rome, visit Naples, because Naples is already a different situation, a different atmosphere. Naples is one of the few tourist places where still the Italians live. If you go to Venice in the center, there are only tourists. If you visit Naples, you can find Napolitan people. But after that, just stay in the village of your ancestors. Because here you can find the ancient you know, uh, works. You can find um, what is your idea of Italy. Because I know that there is an expectation about Italy. And you can leave that in these little villages. Of course, it's a little harder because for the reasons I've been describing before earlier, uh, we have to, to fix these problems. The language, to reach there, to live more, you know, the tourist experience. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I, I sent you the one video where we did the thing about you know, Italians and Italian Americans. Yeah. I mean, especially when I was when I was growing up, you know, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, whatever. Um, you know, we lived, well, at least my grandparents, you know, we were surrounded by Italians. You know, we had, you know, my grandparents were Italian. They weren't American. They were Italian. My mom and dad um, were born here. Some of my aunts and uncles were born in Italy. So it was kind of a blend. It was kind of a mix. Um, you know, now if I say I'm Italian, of course, I know I'm not, I'm, I'm American. Uh, but people, you know, some people say, hey, you're not Italian, Italians are, and, and now they didn't want to say, they didn't say Italian American, right? So, you know, what do you see as the difference between Italians and Italian Americans? Because it's always fun to explore that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the funny things I noticed, you know, dialoguing with my clients is that, for example, they are sure that even some kind of food are Italian. But when they <laughs> ask me, oh, this is Italian style, I have no idea about what it is. <laughs> 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 and it's very funny, and we learn each other, and um, there are many differences, I think. Uh, I think it's that, yeah, U.S. is the most, uh, you know, multicultural country in the world. So Italian-American is a mix of different cultures, even the Italian culture, of course, but not just Italian culture. Here, we are Italian. And we are not so patriotic like Italian Americans are. This is one of the things I noticed over the years. Italians don't feel, you know, the the homeland the way Italian Americans and Americans feel. So, so when you say that, is that because you're still tied to the, one of the twenty regions? 
I mean, is that still, I mean, like we have our states here, right? But it doesn't matter if you're from New York or California, we have our differences and things like that. But again, we're still Americans. I get the sense that in Italy, if you're from Calabria, you're Calabrian first, yes. then Italian. Because a very important aspect, actually, you're completely right. First of all, maybe in the last years a little less, but there is this, you know, fight between Northern Italians and Southern Italians. And we feel the difference from the regions. Even the food. One of the first things I say to my clients is that we, it's like we had 20 different gastronomies according to the single region. But it's much more than this. It's not about just the food. It's about our culture because it depends on our history. And it's too. What you said is completely too. And, and the dialects are all different. I guess that's starting to change. But I, I, you know, again, growing up, um, you know, my father was, you know, his family was from Naples. So he spoke what I think, you know, was probably a pure version of Italian, especially since, you know, how his, you know, his parents grew up. Uh, and my mom spoke Pares. <laughs> and, and they used to fight all the time. <laughs> You said that with a typical Apulia accent when you said that is. It's the way it goes. Very, very nice. That's probably the only thing I say right. <laughs> yes, it's true. And you know what? I understand better English than a Northern dialect. When I work with Italians from Northern Italy and they speak dialect with me, I don't understand the word. Really? What... Really. I understand much, much better English. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's 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 very funny. And well, and that's the you know, the one thing uh, about, you know, the body is, is that and I've, I've learned this later is that everything was kind of chopped. All the words were kind of they, they chopped everything up, um, you know, like when we would say, you know, uh, Aunt Rachel, Zia Raquel it would be Z Raquel, you know, it was kind of all strung together and all the vowels were chopped off the end. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's really funny that you understand English and you understand the North. <laughs> but it happens to every Italian because our dialects are very different from each other. And you know what? Even inside my region and your ancestral region, the Campania, uh, if you change the province of a city, you don't understand the dialect. Maybe it's easier than a northern dialect, but you have difficult to understand, even though you change city. Uh, and that must have been, uh, you know, if you go back hundreds of years, that must have been, I guess that's part of the reason why Italy never unified because they they were so different in so many in so many ways whether it was the, the culture or the the language or what you know the food maybe um and uh i, I know I, it, I believe me i tell americans that there's no such thing as you know chicken parmesan in italy and they don't <laughs> they don't get it <laughs> And I had to ask somebody one time, I said, what's the, you know, what's the big difference in, in the way you eat? And, and she said, 
you eat everything at the same time. Well, we have different courses. We have the pasta course and we have the meat course. For us, it's not possible to put everything in the same place. We need the first course, second dish, uh, we decide this together and the dessert, the, the, the coffee, the liquor. Yeah, for us, you know, it's important to do things like that. And you see, see, I grew up like that in my grandmother's house because especially on holidays, it was... What was it like that? You know, they would have the antipasta and they would have, we would have the pasta dish and then they would bring meat. And... Especially in these holiday um, special occasions with the family, where probably our grandmother made the homemade pasta or the, the baked cake, you know, these are important things to, to, uh, for us to, you know, to enjoy together the moment. It's not just about the food. It's something that go over the food. Right? Yeah, it's 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 like it was it was like an event more than just a meal. You know, you probably have heard about the so-called uh, festivals dedicated to one single food, especially in the Campania campaign. For instance, in Pesto, the area, the, the town where I live, we have the artichoke festival in May. So we have this special occasion where this food, the artichoke, is celebrated, and you can have the artichoke in every possible way. And this recalls people from all over the region because they know them. So it's a special occasion to enjoy together the food and the company. Uh, yeah, when we were in Sorrento, um, it was the, uh, I think it was, was it St. Stephen? It was the table of St. Stephen. And, and I, it was setting up during the day and I said to somebody, uh, you know, what's happening? And they said, oh, well, well it's the, the, the table of, I think it was St. Stephen. Um, and, uh, but it's just food. You won't like it. And I said, no, that's you know, that'd be fun to have. What I didn't know at the time was that you had to purchase these tickets and it was all kind of homemade food. Uh, and you had to purchase tickets and go over. Well, I had no idea that there was just going to be a mad rush for these food tables. Many <laughs> yeah, yeah. times we have the local finger, the fire, the fires, you know, to celebrate the moment. So. Nice. Um, so um, I want to ask you um, a, a little bit about Naples too, especially since since you're from there. Um, what's what's a what's a Neapolitan like? What was what, what is their mindset, if you will? Politics? No, 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 the the the, the uh, if if. Um, their, their, not their politics, but their, um, how do they think? How, how do, you know, what makes, what makes somebody from Naples different from somebody in a different region or, or Rome or? In many, many, many ways. Let's <laughs> tell you about one aspect that is very meaningful about how Naples people think. You know, uh, regardless about our faith, usually we think that after death might be the hell or the heaven, depending on our life. 
back for Napolitan guys, we have the sequence, which is the purgatory. We have the worship, the cult of purgatory, which is very important in the city. But we have even the church celebrating that. We think that, you know, we got to build our happiness after death with the purgatory. Because we usually, Napolitan guys are not completely bad, not completely good, but they try to do better. So that's the reason why the purgatory for us is an important, important meaning. After that, we, if we are still here, we pray for these souls, which are maybe trapped into the purgatory to get high and to reach the paradise. And uh, because we are always in the middle, even the famous Pulcinella, the mask, I, I think that you have been hearing about Pulcinella because mm -hmm. your ancestors are from Naples, was in the middle. He was naive, but a little mean. He was poor in, uh, with money, but rich in the spirit. He was in the middle. So we try to survive. We try to to be in the middle and to go to better, to make our life better. This is the, the typical way to to live uh, of Napolitan guys, in my opinion. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I I grew up Catholic, so we purgatory was big when I was a little kid. <laughs> the nuns yeah. used to the nuns would beat it into you. The, 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 you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and so and and how about and how about food? Because um, I've been trying to find like a really you know, uh, you know cookbook about you know Naples, but most of the cookbooks that are written here are in English and they're not. Some of them aren't even written by Italians. Um, but what are the, what are the what's the most popular or staple? Whether it's sit down food or street food. I think that there are many. Uh, the ragu is for sure one of these typical dishes, but set on the table. If you're asking me about the street food, for sure the pizza, which is not the pizza you have at table, but it's what we call pizzetta, a little piece of pizza that you can have walking. And together with that, mm, the panzarotto, uh, with, with, with potatoes, uh, or of course the typical cuoco. Have you ever heard about cuoco? No. It's a Naples uh, word, uh, which means paper cup. So you have these fried fish, uh, squids, um, anchovies in this paper cup, and you can have that walking down the street, and that's very typical. And of course, we can't forget the cakes, the famous papa, or the spogliatella, or the pastiera. These three are the most popular. The pastiera um, is the Easter cake. Very good. Um, the sfogliatella with ricotta cream, ricotta cheese, and cinnamon uh, is very good. And it's probably the, the most popular, not only in Naples, but even down the Amalfi Coast. Uh, yeah, that was my, that was my dad's favorite. 
<laughs> I believe that. Yeah. That was that was his favorite. I don't know if my grandmother was making it uh, from from scratch. I, I I do have a recipe of hers, which I don't know. I don't know if it's a, an original from Naples or not. Uh, and and I I've, I've never I don't recall ever eating it, but it was, supposedly it was my father's favorite. We are still fighting because in Naples they say that it was created in Naples. Down the Amalfi Coast in a town called Coca de Marini, they say no, here the Fognatella was created. So nobody knows the truth. Nobody knows where it really came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and my the, the, the recipe that my grandmother had was uh, it was like a, a, she would take veal and put a little ham and a little cheese in it, roll it up. But rather than being a tomato sauce, um, it was made with a, like a, a big pile of onions and you just let it cook down and cook down and cook down for hours. Oh yeah, you're talking about the ragu, yes, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, and again, I've never heard anybody make this before. I, again, I don't know if it was something that she brought from there, something that she learned from somebody over here or not, but it's a, you know, it's an interesting dish. I'm sure I don't make it as good as she made it, but um, I try. <laughs> I remember that my mom, every single Sunday of my life, woke up very early to make the ragu because it's sad to be from my And the color is almost black for the long cooking. I know, it's very, you know, interesting. And it smells all over the rooms. I know, yeah. We, you know, again, I grew up with that in, in mostly when I went to my um, my grandmother's house, um, either one, it didn't matter which side, whether it was my, my mother's family or my father's family, there was always, on Sunday, there was always the, the, the pot of sauce and, and um, the meatballs and, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if you know the the big fight in America over gravy versus sauce. I don't know if you ever heard that. I don't know actually. You know because you know usually my clients don't know the ragu. Um, yeah. Well, here, if you know, we grew. I grew up with saying gravy, right? Gravy meat because they would put the meat and they put the meatballs in the in the sauce and it would cook and cook and cook. Um, some people get very upset. They say gravy is gravy is for like roast beef or chicken, not for you know not red you know not tomato sauce. <laughs> so oh, this no, the, and even the pork, it's important for our for our yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's interesting that we have this. Um, some people get very very upset about it. <laughs> 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 which is which is really 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 crazy if you ask me. Um, so so um, so if, you know if anybody wants to get in touch with you, um, where can they find you? You know I, I I'm sure you have a, I know you have a website and you're on Facebook. So why don't you tell us how people could get in touch with you? Yes, we are very happy to help them to reconnect with their Italian world. And there is a world, unexpected world, more than they might think. It's it's not a, sim a, simply, a simple trip. It's an experience that can change their life forever, taking them to memory of this trip forever in their past. We are there, they can reach us out by our um, Facebook page, where we have given some videos about our food. 
our website and they are available for every, you know, purchasing for that. Okay, and I'll put I'll put all that information out there so people can find it and um, get in touch with you. Um, well, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking the time. It's fun to make the trip, like we said, to, to Rome and to, to places like that. But if you really want to go home, you want to go back to the village. And, and, uh, and if you're crazy like me, you want to go to, uh, to the cemetery. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much, Bob. Thank you so much for this opportunity.